third of your time should be spent with people on your level. A third should be spent with people above you that you're getting mentorship from. And a third should be spent on people below you that you're giving mentorship to. The Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, where we keep it real, a state and entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. People hustling all around the clock. You used to ride, now I got a full tank. Only prove I seek is from God in my bank. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire in this mug. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in uh, the Million Dollar Hustle podcast, baby. Let's get it. And uh, the goal is to give you guys some gems, some mindset stuff, the way that these millionaires think and the way that uh, you should be thinking yourself. So I can't wait to give you guys some great content with that. Um, But I'm excited, man. Uh, You know, it's been uh, basically... The, the whole point is that uh, I even did like a music one, but we're kind of combining it all into one. So uh, it's still, you know, it's just rebranding it, but it's still all the same idea. And we're going to have some great guests uh, in, in this podcast. I can't wait. I have a lot of things planned for it. So thank you guys for joining uh, today, man. Uh, I just got done with uh, Chase and he is a real estate investor. I mean, he, and actually I, uh, I would have to do a whole hour of uh, his his uh, accolades and everything that he's done, man. He's killing the game uh, when it comes to investing, entrepreneurship, and just everything overall. So I can't wait to dig in for you guys to check out uh, this podcast, man. Uh, it, it's amazing. There's so many gems in this uh, episode. So thank you, Chase, for joining. Uh, you know, there's definitely so many. I, I love the whole mindset thing and. Uh, he gave us so much, so can't wait to dig deep. But uh, before we get started, make sure you guys uh, subscribe to my channel. Make sure you follow at Billy the Kid and also Million Dollar Hustle Podcast on Instagram. So go ahead and follow that. And uh, other than that, make sure you guys stay tuned for everything I got going on. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You don't want to miss anything of these great things that are coming up so and also don't forget the power of being uncomfortable my book is out everywhere right now the audio version and the physical if you go to billythekid.com you're actually able to order an autographed copy so go grab that but with that being said let's get to chase he has so many gems let's get it chase what's good man Oh, you know, just another day, another dollar every day, man. Uh, I, first of all, I want to thank you, man. I, I know we've been kind of going back and forth uh, a little bit and and uh, hopefully soon, too, we could have that that coffee or breakfast or something. But uh, you're getting so busy for me. I'm like, man, let me just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, love everything that you're doing, man. Been uh, crazy. You know, yeah, it, your story is amazing. And if we could start with that, if uh, if we could take it way back, and when I'm saying way back, if you could let us know where are you from, where were you born, and then kind of work your way from there. Yeah, so just all the way back from square yep. one. Okay, so I, I've been born and raised here in Nebraska, uh, born in Kearney, and then moved to Lincoln when I was four years old. Uh, my My parents both have kind of worked their entire lives. My dad's oldest of six from a farm farm town. So just hard work ethic the whole way and kind of going through school. I, I always loved the math and science, which is kind of weird where I ended up, but it's still true to me today. But like at the age of probably eight, 10 years old, like I, I was just having weird weird dreams, weird aspirations of where I want to be in the future. I, I can remember back as a child, I was telling my parents that I want a Dodge Viper limo with a hot tub in the back. Man. And they're like, <laughs> how'd you even come up with that? And, and just, just kind of have that child imagination. Uh, but I was always a penny pincher. And then I started detasseling at the age of 13. And for those of you not from the Midwest, detasseling is a terrible summer job, but it pays well. Um, and I thought did I was you, a king back when I started. Did you make it through that? 
Like, were you able yeah. to make it through? Because I, and real quick, I'll be honest, I, I tried it during my middle school years and I think I went for like a week and I couldn't do it after that. <laughs> yeah. I, I went five summers doing it, man. <laughs> so, so you, so you, so you already had that, uh, that, that beast mindset, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love and, that. And, I love that. And, and, uh, if you could keep going with that, um, so, so you did some detasseling and what else? Yeah, my, my first real job, real job in high school was working at Dairy Queen. I was making all the blizzards and all the, the good sweet treats. Um, and like as a junior in high school, I got to shift lead and I'm like, hey, I'm good at leading people. <clears throat> but kind of in school as well, I always went towards those leadership positions. And in the marching band, I, I'm a band nerd at heart. Um I, I was drum major, so I was one of the guys in the tux at the front of the marching band directing everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, it was making sure everybody did what they need. It wasn't about power to me, which is why I love what I'm doing. It's to make an impact on others. Um, but went to college here in Lincoln at UNL for mechanical engineering and graduated in four and a half years. Um, math science, it, it's what I know. It's what I love. And no one told me growing up, there's all this opportunity. So just, just kind of took me a while to learn that. Can but in you, college, real I, quick, Chase, can you touch on yeah. that real quick? Just uh, kind of how basically, you know, we get told all these different things going to school. And then, you know, now obviously you're in a whole other universe that we'll call it. Uh, so if you could touch a little bit on the on, on both ends, if that makes sense. And what you, what have you learned? And, you know, a couple of different tips that you've learned overall. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, it was always go to school, get good grades, get a degree, and then go work that corporate job. And for, for me, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm a hustler. And like, I, I won't lie. I was a straight A student. I did great in high school, got scholarships and went and got my degree at UNL. But like that whole time, I knew there was something more out there for me. But what society was telling me is this is what you have to do. And this is what you're stuck with. And like always in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm good at this, but I could be doing something more for everybody else. So like even in college, I started teaching myself stock trading and did a little bit of day trading. But I'm like, school comes first. So I just I did did it for a little bit then stopped and focused back on school. And there was a lot of those instances like through school, through corporate that I'm like, I, I know there's more and I'm doing little pieces, but work is my focus. So I have to stop the side hustle. And it finally got to that pain point. Everyone talks about be uncomfortable and like, how bad do you want to change? And until that pain comes more to stay the same than it does to change, you're not going to, make that move mm -hmm. so uh, what was my, the what was the uh we'll say teachings like at home uh you know with with your parents was it hey go to school or or did they have any any entrepreneurial uh activities going yeah with my parents and also my in-laws there there was a little bit of entrepreneurial side but it was always go do the the status quo thing, go get a job, go stay with corporate, get your benefits, pay your 401k and go have a modest living. That way, when you're 65, you can keep living how you have lived your entire life. And I mean, that's good. And it works for the majority of people. But on the flip side, my parents always instilled in me, do your best. Like even if your best fails, as long as you put in a hundred percent effort, that's what you need to do and be proud about. So with that also going into the entrepreneurial side, it's like, as long as I put in a hundred percent effort, if I fail, I still learn something. So let, let's bring that into the business side of things. Um, and just took a little, little time for that to click. Exactly. Yeah, no, uh, that's kind of how it goes, man. Um, and if you could, fast forward a little bit now. Um, and I know you mentioned the tasseling and stuff, but was there ever a moment where you remember, uh, that it kind of clicked on you at a young age where you're like, man, I, you know, I, 
maybe you start a lemonade stand or something. Uh, w did you have a moment like that before you kind of jumped fully? Not really. Um, kind of through high school and college, like with our, our age, there's everything on the internet. So once Facebook became a big thing and targeted ads on Facebook and Google and everything started to becoming more prevalent, like I, I tried drop shipping, I tried e-com stores and some of those other things. I've tried YouTube um, and just trying to find the thing that works best what for were me. You, what, what was your YouTube values? Uh, health, wealth, and motivation. Is it still it, out there? That's what I'm still preaching. Uh, yeah, there's still videos up from like four or five <laughs> years ago. Uh, I, I'm going to have to check them out, uh, which uh, obviously with all the stuff you got going on, like you said, you're still preaching that obviously and, and kind of tagging, going along with it. Um, so let's fast forward now a little bit further. So you went to college, got it done. What, um, what, what happened after that? You got out of college and boom, what did you do? Yeah, so my first first big boy job was working as a design engineer, was sitting at a desk all day, looking at spreadsheets, doing calculus and like the stuff that I learned in school, thermodynamics, all the fun stuff nobody loves. Um, but I was working directly with the salespeople with my company. And on every quote that I put out, I'm like 5% commission to the sales guy. And Then I started looking more into the sales and they're traveling a couple times a month. They're having lunch with customers and I'm just stuck in this, this cubicle. And my personality doesn't like that. I, I want to be out with people doing things, helping them. And at that point, I, after a year working there, I said, okay, time to look into the sales side. So after that, I got into technical sales for about three to four years before I fully went on my own. Mm. And what, what uh, did you do to go on your own? Uh, because obviously you're doing these major things with real estate, but I'll let you tell your story of what did you do prior to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So real estate was kind of the, the start of it, but took me years to get into it. Because I, I started reading on it, listening to it, going to some of the local meetups back in 2017. And at that point, it was either I, I had a little nest egg from just being frugal and said, I'm either going to get into real estate or I'm going to buy a business. And my wife was super supportive to this day, like number one person in my corner. She's like, well, why don't we buy a business and I'll help manage it? So instead of getting into real estate, which I missed those great four years of real estate, <laughs> we bought a sports bar, had 20 employees. Like this was a full fledged front and back of house, um, kitchens. Like it, it was a great, great business. And then where COVID was that happened at? here in South Lincoln, uh, like South 14th and Pine Lake roughly. Oh, okay. But but love, loved it. Like yeah. the, the business itself, I'm not a food service person and that was our first business ownership. So just learn, just how to go in and learn what to do, how to do it. But at the same time, it didn't take us long to realize that wasn't for us. So many hours, so many headaches, it never stopped. And that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, what was the, Did you have any experience prior to that or anything like, or, or was it literally just head on? Let's jump in. Head on. Let's go. I love that. No excuses. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, and uh, how, how long did you say that was? We owned it for three years. Three years. What are some, some of the stuff, uh, pros and cons that you took out of running that business? The pros is just learning business in and out. I mean, with a restaurant, there's working with customers, employees, vendors, um, like both food and all of your services that you have, doing promotions, um, marketing, like all of the sides of a normal business, we just had, had to learn on the fly, which was great. And like, even though it wasn't our cup of tea, we learned so much to just take into other businesses. But the biggest piece for me to learn was that I can put 80 to 100 hours a week into 
something and let's redirect that into something I'm passionate about. Hmm. That, that, that's a huge one right there. Um, so, and I know you've touched on this before, uh, and maybe it was on your Facebook or something, uh, where you kind of compared both worlds, uh, of, you know, here's what's good with the sport bar, but then this is what's better with real estate. Uh, do you have like five things or, you know, 10, however many you got (laughs) that you could share with us, you know, as far as comparing the two, because, I would love to own restaurants. Uh, you know, I'm a business owner at heart, like, or an entrepreneur at heart. I love businesses, but uh, restaurants is definitely like probably top three of my list. But my wife and and I agree that uh, we don't want to jump in there because uh, I do know a lot of great restaurant owners and, you know, they're talk about hard work, man. Somebody calls in, you got to show up I, and just like any other business, but with real estate, I mean, there's so many great things, right? But if you could share some of the things that you've kind of compared the two and you rather go with real estate, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with restaurants, I think there's so, so much good from it, but you just have to be the type to enjoy it. Like a lot of restaurant owners, I think do it wrong. And I did it wrong where that was our, at the time, our main source of income when we went full into that where a lot of people should have additional income, whether that's from um, something passive, their side hustle, um, just a different source of income that if COVID did happen to your restaurant, you're still okay to pay the bills and take care of everybody because that's the biggest weight on your shoulders is that this is one of my biggest comparisons with real estate and a restaurant is restaurant, you have 30 to $40,000 a month of overhead between um, just labor, your rent, your vendors, everything to keep the lights on. And if you have one or two bad weeks in a row, you're like, how am I gonna make this month work? You look at real estate over here and your your renters are paying 1500 a month and your mortgage is $1,000 a month. If you go a month with a vacancy, you're still, you're fine. Like the world's not gonna end, (laughs) correct. I love that. Keep going. That's one of the biggest (laughs) things. And a lot of people ask me, how am I staying so stress-free? And and I carry a lot of stress, but I manage it well. But when you look at those comparisons, if you miss your flip on real estate by 10 or 20% margin, you're still making money because you were shooting for 25 to 30 grand. Well, now you're going to make 15 and instead of 25, where if in a restaurant, you miss your mark by 20, 30%, you're, you're in the red. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy to recover. Um, the networking side of a restaurant, I absolutely love. Like if you are a people person, and just an extrovert by nature, it is so nice to go in there, have all the regulars know you, the employees know you, like everyone wants to talk and just bring you in as a normal person and not just the owner of the business where with real estate, you go to your properties and you're, you're the landlord and not everyone likes that. (laughs) I love that. And, and, you know, I've always made that a point. Uh, I had uh, one of my buddies asked me the other day, like, Oh yeah, you know, uh, uh, whenever you get your office uh, and he kind of made it sound like, uh, you know, something that in the future I could do, but it's like, no, I, I could get an office, but you know, it talk about the overhead. Like you literally just uh, pinpointed that I, I'm a huge believer. Like uh, that's one of my favorite things with real estate is that, you know, technically you could be at the beach on your laptop or even your phone. You don't even need a laptop to kind of run, you know, the, whether it's a rental or a flip, you know, contractors, et cetera. So uh, definitely uh, something that I've always been, uh, so I love that you touched on that. You said no overhead. That That's literally uh, one of my favorite things for sure. You know, that you don't have to have an office or, you know, especially nowadays technology, even for rent payments, there's so many ways to collect it now. And, you know, anyways, uh, so I love that you touched yeah. on that. Um, and, and man, one other, go ahead. Uh, what One other quick kind of comparison of uh, real estate and restaurant is you have kind of a scheduled forecast of what you think your rental or your flip can sell for or with a restaurant or other business types in general is you could 10x that business like if you go in and just kick butt and make it great 
you could buy a business for a hundred grand and sell it for a million in the matter of five years. You mm. don't have that multiplier option with real estate. Like you can make it go up a little bit with that added value, but it's not going to be as high as it could be with a other business, but this business could also go to zero. So yeah. it, it's just that. risk reward. Yeah. And, and I love that because even scaling, you know, it kind of goes along with that, even with real estate, uh, like I said, either having, like you said, adding value or, I mean, you could find a 10 door plex, right? Like you could just run into one and then boom, all of a sudden, if you had 10 doors, now you literally doubled your, <laughs> your, uh, uh, your whole business. So uh, yeah, I love that. And if we could slowly, I guess, uh, since we're kind of making our way into it, uh, because obviously that's kind of where you're at now, you're an agent. So if you could touch a little bit on that and, and you do uh, a little bit of everything with, with the whole agent thing, or is it commercial? If you could touch on that a little bit. Yeah. So as an agent, that's truly how I got started in real estate. And I didn't get my license until June of 2020. So I just passed my kind of two year mark of doing anything in real estate. Um, and since then, I, I'm an agent, I do flips, um, kind of got started with wholesaling as well, have a hard money lending company, um, part owner in a beach club in St. Augustine, Florida, mm. and just bought into another business. So like slowly just snowballing this. <laughs> but I, I, I mainly do residential. And it's kind of ironic because my first ever closed deal as an agent was selling a lease on a commercial space. But I've also helped sell a couple commercial spaces. So I, I, I love learning. So if someone brings me an opportunity of something I don't know, I'll tell them, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Mm. I love that. And you threw some bombs in there. So we're going <laughs> to pick and pick and choose them one by one. Uh, the, the first one I wanted to uh, talk about uh, earlier, you talked about how you manage stress. And I mean, it goes along with uh, the two things right now with all the stuff you have going on. Uh, how do you manage stress? And if you could give our people listening just any tips or, you know, any, anything that they can leave with uh, after watching this uh, that they can also incorporate to manage stress, because it is a stressful thing, but uh, when you love it, I think uh, make it, it definitely makes it easier, but uh, you do have to have some, something that you do to manage it. So if you could touch on that. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's different kind of in this category. And, and I don't want to upset anybody with some of the stuff I'm going to say. But to me, emotions, I don't want to say they're pointless, but you can pick and choose your emotions. And once you master that trade, I think you can be so much happier. Like when you're in a stressful environment, or you're upset about something, choose not to be like, it, it's hard to do. But once you can figure that out, like if you have a property you're stressed about and I don't know, it's a week out or you're just starting to flip, like you can choose not to be upset or stressed about it because you schedule it out and you know going into it how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Like just manage your emotions a little bit better and, and it's not easy to do. Uh, for me, I, I'm in the gym about daily. That's kind of my stress relief spot is just put my headphones in, listen to music and lifting weights for an hour or two. And if I go like more than five days without going to the gym, my wife's like, hey, you're, you're kind of angry. You should go work out. <laughs> um, While you're in the just, gym, what are you listening to? A little bit of everything. Sometimes podcasts, sometimes uh, books. Um, but then like for music wise, I personally listen to about any genre of music, but in the gym, it's more rap rock stuff to get me pumped, man. So what, what's one song right now that's getting you pumped? <laughs> um, what is the name of it? Prevail. I, I can't think of who it's by. Hmm. Well, yeah, whoever's listening, check it out. I'm sure they'll find it on. <laughs> um, and no, and I, one of my, one of my favorite artists, you can find him on YouTube and he's like not popular. His name's Nefex, N-E-F-F-E-X. Oh, yeah. 
Just yep. great stuff. Copyright free. You can use his music. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it, man. Uh, and with, with uh, since we're kind of in the subject, uh, because I'm definitely a big believer that, you know, when you get in business, when you invest in real estate, when you do stuff out of the norm, when you get out of that comfort zone, right? Like, uh, and I wrote a book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable, which uh, I'm going to ask you one of the questions that go along with that book. But I always like to let people know and, and you know, there's some one-on-one coaching that I'm doing. And I always tell them, I'm like, hey, when you're ready to practice the power of being uncomfortable, there's going to be things that are going to come up. There's going to be problems. Uh, but if you don't have the, and, and I don't even like to call them problem, problems, I call them struggles. When you have those struggles, you get to choose, right? Like which ones. And, and so I love that you literally said that because it's going to come. So you have to choose which ones are worth dealing with and which ones are one of those where it's like, hey, you know what? It, we just have to deal with it and move on. It is what it yep. is. Uh, you could sit there and get stressed out about, uh, you know, a bad rental, somebody that moved out and trashed it. Or you could go in there and be like, all right, let's paint it and put new flooring and fix it up again, you know? Um, and so I love that you mentioned that. Uh, what are some, since we're kind of in the subject there and, and I'm a geek when it comes to mindset stuff, man, uh, what are some stuff that uh, you've learned just, uh, you know, with your mind? Because you, uh, you said you listen to books and, and maybe actually here, more of a specific question. What is one book maybe that uh, has stuck out to you from the beginning or, or recently that you're, you kind of live your, you live your life by, if you could give us the title and just a quick snippet on why. Yeah. So, so this year for me has been a lot of reading. I have kind of put it off in the past, but it is just so um, motivating in the fact that it keeps you kind of always learning and always being able to put more skills into your utility belt. And one of the recent ones that I think everybody needs to listen to is extreme ownership. It's one that like just naturally to me, I take ownership on problems, even if it's not caused by me, but there's so many people both corporately and kind of doing their own thing that like, if a flip isn't going the way that it should be, their contractors are off or something, they blame it on the contractors. No, Blame it on you because you're the one who hired them and set the expectation. And if they're not doing it right, then you're not holding your end of the bargain. Mm. And there's a lot, I, I think, of good that comes out of that because if you take the onus into yourself, you're going to make sure that it gets fixed and it gets done correctly. Man, that that's powerful right there, Chase. Uh, you know, that's something that if the, just imagine how the world would be if everybody practiced that, <laughs> it would right. be a whole different world. <laughs> I, I love that, man. That, that, that's huge. Uh, and I mentioned the power of being uncomfortable earlier. Uh, what is one way that you have gotten uncomfortable that paid off? That, that's a good question. Probably just any new adventure or investment opportunity that comes up. Like it's all something that makes you uncomfortable. And I think it, it's, it's normal, it's natural for you to feel nervous about a situation. Like whether it's your first flip, first rental, um, you're opening up a new business, you're starting a new podcast, writing a book. Well, are people going to like it? Like I'm, I'm nervous if it's going to make an impact. Well, if it's making you nervous, you're probably on the right track. Because normally the stuff that made us nervous previously doesn't anymore. Like your first flip probably makes you nervous, but your 10th one, it's like, okay, this is a cakewalk. <laughs> and I think to keep growing, you need to keep putting yourself into just the next level of uncomfortable. Mm, I love that, man. That That's powerful right there. Uh, literally, I, I love that you touched on fear. One of the chapters is uh, what you fear is what you need to do next. And you know, it's even psychology suggesting that that's how you kind of determine what your decisions should be. So it, that was powerful. I love that. All right, bro. So all the stuff you got going on again, and I want to touch a little bit on, on what we can on all the great things you got going on now. But uh, before we get started, I always like to ask uh, this question. Do you have like a morning routine or, 
or any crazy rituals that you do or <laughs> any smoke that you spread around the house? <laughs> None of that, even though my wife saged the house before. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> um, m- morning rituals, I, I don't want to say I do or I don't. Uh, w- wake up normally between like 5.30 and 7 in the morning, just depending on what the morning looks like. Um, and, and like to kind of get my mind right and then go to the gym first thing in the morning. One thing that I've kind of found is as, as we get busier, we, we don't have more time in the day. So for me, it's going to the gym in the morning is the easiest way to kind of squeeze a little bit more time out because either in the morning or late at night is when people don't bother me on my phone <laughs> through text calls, emails. So if I can get to the gym by six or seven in the morning most of the time i i'm not getting bothered too much yet um and, and just do a little bit of kind of positive affirmations get my mind right and start the day off good um i i think a positive mindset and just in general helping people out for kind of no expectation is one of the best things that you can do because at some point it's going to come back around mm, i love that uh, and since we're kind of in the whole mindset, uh, what do you think has made you be so mentally strong to be where you're at right now with all the stuff that you're doing? And like we said, with the stress-free mentality, uh, what, you know, was it writing affirmations or, you know, what, what's something that you practice to kind of get you mentally strong the way you are? Yeah, probably goal setting is one of the biggest things. Uh, One of my posts on Facebook on July 1st was talking about just looking at goals more often. Like you look at the difference of people as individuals and businesses and people normally January 1st, here's my goal for the year. And that's the only time they ever track goals where businesses look at goals every single day. So if you can get yourself to act more like a business, you're going to be stronger and more consistent with goals is one thing. And the other piece is probably who you surround yourself with. Mm. And over the last 10 years, it's been kind of a weird shift. Uh, And one of the topics I like to talk on is the people that knew you back in high school and college, or in your early days, remember you for who you were then and are surprised to see what you're doing now, or the people you've met recently don't know your past. They, they only know how well you're executing now, where when you bring up, oh, I'm an engineer, they're like, really? So just surrounding yourself with people that are more supportive and help you towards your goal instead of kind of more draining people that are against it. Because mm. back in college, in high school, like if you're trying to go achieve things and people are like, well, let's go out and drink and party until 2 a.m. It's like, no, that doesn't help me. But they don't understand that. They see that as kind of a betrayal instead of you wanting to do your own thing and grow your person and development. So how have you kind of battled the war zone of, you know, kind of letting people be and becoming who you are, but also not being rude about it or, you know, whatever you want to call it uh, to kind of leave them where they're at. Because yeah, I truly believe the thing is there's levels to everything and, you know, and I'm going to do a a, a full, I want to do a full video on this because, um, but I kind of give you the analogy and you let me know what you think and no disrespect to like anybody that works at Walmart, for example, but if you, if somebody at Walmart's working there is uh, arguing with you, and then let's say that you're a millionaire, right? There's different levels of thinking. They're both right at the agree- at the argument, uh, but there's two levels. And if I'm the third person looking at the argument, most likely if I'm smart, I'm going to go with somebody who they're at a different level of thinking. So if you could kind of give me, a, like I said, I'm going to do a full video on it and put it on yeah. YouTube, but if you could give me a little bit on that. <laughs> yeah. So some of the rules and just cause I'm an engineer, not that I act on that, but my mind is so analytical that I go off of a lot of sayings, quotes, metrics. Um, and two of the things that I've, one of them is more recent, but the law of, the rule of thirds or the rule of 33 kind of states that a third of your time should be spent with people 
on your level. A third should be spent with people above you that you're getting mentorship from. And a third should be spent on people below you that you're giving mentorship to. And like the, the people that are on the different levels than you are, I think there's just kind of a, a test, if you will. Like it, it's no different than dating. Like you're saying if people can add value and be partners with you. And like if you go get coffee with somebody that's on a low, lower level than you and they don't add any value or don't want to learn anything, I think that's kind of a good test to be like, okay, you're don't want to say you're not worth the time, but at this point, like I, I just have too much on my plate to help you out more. Mm-hmm. And then another kind of rule I heard is that like people, I don't remember what it's called, the like five times multiplier. Like if you're making a hundred grand a year and you're talking to somebody that makes five mil a year, they're probably not gonna want to give you any time of day but if you find somebody that's making like 500,000 a year they're still kind of in that marginal same level as you that they're more willing to help you and same with the people below you that like if you're making a million dollars a year and someone making 30 grand a year comes over for advice from you you're probably gonna scoff at them a little bit but just giving giving a little bit of time of day because we all know where we started at And the majority of us didn't inherit our money. So being able to, one of my missions is helping the people like in that 30 to 50 to 100 grand a year realize what else is out there outside of corporate America. Um, Don't know if that answered your question, but. (laughs) No, yeah, no, you, you, you definitely, you, you more than answer my question. Uh, You know, it, it, it is so true. And unfortunately, here's the thing. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people like, oh, well, what about the people? And it's like, don't be a pussy, right? Don't be a bitch. Like, it is what it is. That That's just uh, the reality. And unfortunately, anybody that has kind of left those levels, I mean, they had to do that, right? Like, they had, and it's something that you learn, and it is what it is. Just like the poor and rich. There's always going to be poor rich. You choose which side you want to be on. So I, I love that you, uh, that you touched on that to that level because, uh, it's true. It's true. We, we have to be mindful. And, and it's not like, um, well, I was going to say, it's not like you're like, oh, well, this person's worth, you know what it is. This person is worth that much. So I do want to hang out with that person. I do want to be around them because the, obviously, and here's the thing is not just even about the money, right? Chase. And tell me if you agree with this. Uh, I always look at it as like, even where I'm at now, you know, we, you said at the beginning, I was, for example, the high school boy, the people that know me now, I'm a whole different person now. And the work that I put in to become the person I am now is literally what got me to be a better person, right? With friends and, you know, with my wife, with everybody. So not just the money, but you are a different person. And that's the people you do want to be around with, not just because of the money, right? So I love that you touched on that, man. That That's definitely powerful. Um, and I do, I do want to ask you uh, a couple of questions uh, as far as just in general, uh, just entrepreneurship in general. And, and I do have some notes here uh, that, you know, just from the questions. Uh, if you had a chance to start your career over again, what would you do differently? Even, even, and, and it's so short. I just want to make it clear. Anybody listening, I mean, you're killing the game right now. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, you said you got your license two years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, honestly, like I don't regret any of the decisions I've made because it's every, everything happens for a reason, whether we like that or not. But if I could go back to 16, 17 year old Chase and show him what else is out there besides college and corporate jobs, like the only people that have that opportunity are normally the ultra wealthy individuals that their kids see what has been produced by their parents. But like, if I knew what I could achieve now, I would have started at 18. I would have not gone to college. I would have got my real estate license. And I'm not against college because I think there's people out there who need to go and get their degrees, go to trade schools and do what they're passionate towards. But for me, if I could be 10 years younger at the same level I'm at, I know that my impact 
can be so much more in the next 10 years. Mm. Love that. Love it. Love it, man. And to go along with that, if uh, there's like three skills that you need to be a successful entrepreneur or investor, what are the three skills you would tell somebody, uh, you know, and, and with, with uh, I've noticed that a lot of the people that do listen to the stuff that uh, we've been putting out is people that are starting out or, or uh, they, they want to hear that, you know, something that they can take home with, right. And actually go do. So if you could give us maybe three things that they can leave with uh, that takes whatever it takes to be a successful entrepreneur or investor. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is no secret sauce, which a lot of people think that there is. Uh, one of the biggest things that I preach about or like say is one of my secrets is right place, right time, right people. Like it's all about networking, no matter what level you're on, because you don't know who you're going to run into at a meeting, at an event, when you're traveling and, and just always be open to that conversation because you could run into somebody that turns into one of your best customers, one of your best partners. Like you don't know what a relationship is going to develop into. And the only way to do that is to network. Uh, the other piece of that is the connection side of networking. Do you need a bank relationship? Do you need somebody with investment experience? Like just through the networking and connections, open those doors. Another thing is do the work, be consistent and like always be proactive about it. Because if you are on level one and you're trying to talk to or partner with somebody that's on their level five or their level 10 chapter, whatever you want to call it. Those people want to see the work that you put in. And if you promise them something, deliver, over deliver and do it on time. Because in, in today's world, people are always late. They don't want to put in the effort. And if you can do something to stand out, it will take you a long ways. Um, the other piece I would say is just like integrity and trust kind of going along with that work. If, if you build a partnership or promise someone something, do your part to make it happen and do it the correct way. Like there, there are people who take a lot of shortcuts and try and make money just off of greed. But if you can do it truly out of like goodness, you will go farther um, there was a real estate deal earlier this year that I, as an agent, had three different homes that I double-sided. It was just kind of a unicorn of a deal, but I gave one of the buyer, or buyers and sellers who had both parts, I gave them like a four grand cut in their commission that they had to pay out. Otherwise, the deal wouldn't have came together. And there's some people who would have been like, I'm not giving away four grand and would just let the deal die. Or I'm like, I want these people to have this house. They deserve it. They've done all this work. I'm just going to give my piece to let everything flow through. And more people need to be like that. Yeah, man. I love that. Love that, man. And since we're, we're, we're kind of getting to towards the end, but I do want to touch a little bit chase on, uh, just all the businesses you have. Uh, and, I know the, uh, at least my, my knowledge is like the, the hard money lending is something new. If you could explain to anybody listening out there, what is that? And uh, just how the whole business came about and how, how's everything going with that? Yeah. Hard money lending. It's kind of a different financing avenue than traditional financing through a bank. What we do is short term interest only loans for people doing flips, refinances, just a different way to take down properties. It, it's higher interest rates, of course, but um, it's just easier to get approved. And it's nice for people that are doing refinances because it gets rid of that seasoning period. So if you're an investor trying to take down a, a 12 flex or something, you could take it down with hard money and then refi it with a bank within 30 or 60 days and pay them off. And, and it's just a different different way to do financing. The scalability I think is important because we work with a couple wholesalers that do five to 10 deals a month and whether they need transactional funding or they're flipping the property, it's just quick and easy compared to where a bank needs all the paperwork. 
but our company is called Quick Draw Lending. It, we started just about a year ago. It'll be a year in August. And I think we've done about 40, 40 deals since then. So it's just kind of taken off. We're getting into our third state and just growing as customers need it. I love that, man. Love it, love it. Uh, and then you you talked about a beachfront. Can you talk about that a little bit? That, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, as you grow and get into different spheres of influence, different people, different networks, I got part of a group that it's a subscription annual to be a part of, but we get together three times a year. It's a national group, um, and it's limited to 100 people. But like this beachfront or this beach club that they brought, I didn't know that a beach club was a thing, but it's like a country club, but on the beach and it's in St. Augustine, Florida, but there was a group that syndicated this deal and we bought this beach club for $12 million and it's worth about 18 to 20, mm. sorry, 12 million. It's worth about 18 to $20 million. So we're going to refi it pull all of our money out and just let the business make profit and sell it probably in five to 10 years. Mm, man, that, that that's crazy. And if you don't mind sharing, Chase, uh, how old are you? <laughs> I, I just turned 30 in May. Man, <laughs> which uh, you look way younger, by the way. You probably hear that a lot, but uh, what's yeah. the secret sauce to that, man? <laughs> <laughs> just, just eating healthy. Uh, like daily, I, whenever I go out with friends, there's no hold barred. I'll eat whatever. I'll eat fried food. Donuts are my favorite, but like at home it's eggs, rice, chicken, oatmeal, protein shakes, and just staying consistent while you can control it. Mm. Yeah, no. And, and you know what, it's something that, uh, people forget, you know, the, the health is wealth like that without health. I mean, what's the point of everything that we got going on? So I love that, uh, you, you got your your thing going already with that, obviously. Um, so I, I, I everything you're doing, man. Uh, congrats! And you know, in in the show, I I love to just kind of give people their flowers, right? So you know, I just want to let you know, man. Keep killing it. Uh, you're you're doing amazing, and there's people uh, looking up to you. So so keep doing that. Um, there, I'm gonna ask you the last three questions, uh, which they're a little different, you know, from the ones that I did ask, uh, but. Uh, the, the first one that I have for you to start wrapping things up is uh, if you were to look at your younger self now, what would be some advice or something, some wisdom that you would give yourself? Advice for younger me is probably don't be afraid of the fear because that, that's kind of what keeps us all from growing is that fear, that uncomfortable um, and just not knowing what's on the other side of that. And when our parents tell us, like most, most parents growing up are like, you can be anything that you want to be, but they don't give us the tools or the resources to do that. And just not knowing how to get there, just lean into that fear and, and get comfortable with it. You, mm. You'd be so much better off. Man, and, that, and that, never, that's powerful right there. That, that's never so too true. early to start. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true because every parent, I mean, why, you know, and if you're not telling your kids that, you know, shame on you, but <laughs> every parent does believe that. And, and, uh, that that's definitely, uh, a, a, an action taken way of putting it, you know, provide the tools. So I love that. Um, and the other question that I have is if there was like a three-step formula to success, if you do these three things, you're going to be successful. What are the three steps? Uh, go outside of your comfort zone, just with people in general, like meet as many people as you can. One of the rules I made for myself is like, if I have nothing in my schedule and someone asks to do something, as long as it doesn't interfere with anything, I'm going to say yes, because you don't know who you're going to meet, run into, just brush shoulders with while you're out. And, and that can go really far. And people say that, oh, it's not it's just one person. It's just one night. Well, going out and meeting somebody new could go really far. Um, the other piece, again, just like the younger self, don't be afraid of, of the fear of the nervous, just do it. And 
one of my kind of biggest pet peeves, which, which I'll kind of leave with, is when someone tells a problem and you give them a solution, let them do the solution because there's so many people that you tell the solution to and they're like, oh, that's too hard or I don't have the time or the money or the energy to do it. And you know, like in your soul, you know, that's the solution to it. If they don't do it, that, that's on them. But mm. yeah, just just be open to helping others. Like that, yeah. one of my passions is there. there is no secret sauce. Just do it, put in the work and be kind to others. Mm. Love that. Love that, man. And uh, if you were to write a book, what would be the theme and title of it, or at least the theme? The theme of it, um, it is just always, always believe in yourself because you never know. People don't know what they don't know. And just kind of going back to the earlier versions of us is if we would have known that it 10, 15, 18 years old, how much further we could be. Um, and, and just, I think, children books for personal development would be such an awesome thing. Mm, man, I love that. Love it, man. Well, <laughs> I want to thank you, Chase. Uh, you know, I could sit here and, and ask you questions all day, but I know you, you're a busy man. You got things to do. So I want to thank you for being here. And uh, real quick, if you let everybody listening know uh, where they can find you, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, because you, you still got your YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't remember what my YouTube tag is. Uh, Facebook, Instagram are both just Chase Collier 55 is what they should be at. Um, and also that that's my email. If anyone wants to drop me an email with any questions, it's chasecollier55 at gmail.com. But always open to talking, love to help people, no matter if it's real estate or not. It's always great to grab coffee, catch up, see what we can do. Man, thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And everybody listening, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel and follow on Instagram. And let's get it, baby. Bye, no. People hustling all around the clock. Used to ride, now I got a full tank. Only approve I seek is from God in my bank.